Hello, welcome to Off Curve. I'm Wicked Good, and I am talking to you about Hearthstone as I am, well, I'm driving to get dinner. Not not driving to the supermarket today, but um, driving to pick up dinner because it's Saturday night and we, we are getting a treat, so. Um, yeah, so, uh, you know, I guess we can talk about ladder, but it's going to be real brief because we got a lot to talk about because BlizzCon happened yesterday. I guess it's still technically happening, but most of the Hearthstone news is already kind of dropped. This would be the point if it was a normal BlizzCon where we'd have, where we'd be basically standing in line repeatedly to play Battlegrounds <laughs> or, or whatever, you know, whatever the, the equivalent would be, but there's not really, you know, there aren't any demos or anything to, to go spend time with. So it's, uh, yeah, it's a little weird, and, and if I'm going to be completely honest, I'm missing a bunch of people that, you know, I, I got to spend last BlizzCon with and was hoping to get to spend this BlizzCon with, but, you know, there will be another one eventually. So, um, you know, I'll just look forward to that. But in the, in the meantime, so on Ladder, Ladder's been kind of okay. Um, it's, I, I'm, I'm down like 3,000 now. I, I was doing okay with Priest, and then I started running into a bunch of stuff. I was trying Paladin for a little while, and then that... Uh, Librem Paladin, not not Ramp Paladin, and that was going okay until it wasn't. I finally switched to World Kick Rogue because you know if you can't beat him, join him. And it, at least it's not the Aggro Rogue, which is just going to bore me to tears. And I've been doing okay with that. Um, but yeah, I'm still hanging out around three thousand, which is fine, right? Like I'm not trying for a finish. I, I would like to kind of get myself back into eleven X range, um, especially like next month, given that we're getting a new expansion. I. I it seems like we're going to get the expansion late enough in the month. It looks like it's going to be like the third or fourth week of the month um, that I'll have plenty of time. But, you know, if I can just do that, get myself up there with the 11X quickly, then, you know, obviously I prefer to do that. Um, but, you know, I th it's going okay. I'm just kind of, it's, it's the end of the expansion. It's the end of the rotation. And, you know, things are getting a little samey. Um, this is the kind of, this, this is the... We, we did get a, a small nerf, which I'll talk about in a little bit. Um, that's going to change the meta a little bit, but not really significantly. Um, so, and, and, and like, this year's shakeup isn't quite as drastic as last year's was. Just because we're not getting a new class. We're, I mean, the, there, there are reworks, but they're going to be rolled into the core set, which it sounds like is coming either with, the, either with rotation or immediately before. Um... So, like, they might do a thing where we have, like, a day or two or, like, a week with, you know, the new core set and, and all the expansions or whatever. But, like, they did with the Priest we worked last year. But um, we haven't heard any, any specifics on that. But, I mean, that's fine, right? Like, this is, this is kind of this point in the year when things start to get a little dull. Um, and, and that's fine. I'm just kind of getting myself you know, up, up to speed on a bunch of stuff in case I'm, I may be casting in a, a couple weeks. So, um, you know, I want to make sure that I'm at least up to speed on the meta as much as it is until rotation. But anyway, that's enough about me. Let, let's talk about BlizzCon because that, that's what we really need to talk about. So there was a lot and, and, and I'm going to miss things. And, uh, you know, I, I apologize for that because I'm driving and, you know, I take notes and I have notes that I can kind of throw up on my phone to, to kind of glance at, but obviously I'm driving, and there was a lot of detail that we got, a surprising amount of detail for, like, a BlizzCon announcement, um, and you can probably go listen to my friends at CoinCity who have covered it in, in excruciating detail, uh, but I am going to touch on some things and what, you know, like, this is kind of an extension of 
of last week's announcement that we were getting a core a core set and kind of like what does this look like for the game because we did hear like a few pretty significant changes um i'll, I'll start with fortune the barons which is the new expansion um it is it, it's it's kind of like a horde warcrafty expansion it looks i don't know if this is like the the plan and it sounds like we're going to be going back more towards warcraft lore over this year which is fine um i'm not a warcraft person like i played three like a million years ago uh but i don't i you know i didn't retain any of that information and um i never really played any world of warcraft aside from like the soloing to get to level 20 to get my liadrin portrait so like any of the any of that um that lore is kind of lost on me. Um, the the one thing that I do like is that they add they finally added a peon card, like the you know like the little worker guys from Warcraft two and three, I guess Warcraft one also, but you know nobody played that. Um, like you know the job's done like that that guy like that 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 tickled me right because like I played Warcraft like I played old school Warcraft right like I didn't I never played WoW I did play a fair amount of Warcraft three. But it was it was so long ago that I've forgotten everything, right? But but I did play a lot of it when it was new, um, and it was you know like that that kind of nostalgia hits for me. But probably the way that the rest of the nostalgia hits for the WoW people, but like that kind of throwback all the way to Warcraft, to the, like the Warcraft real time strategy games, is nice. And I'm surprised that it took them this long to to put that in there. But it's a nice touch, right? Um, so we're get the new keyword that we're getting is frenzy, which is. Um, it, the first time that this minion survives damage, do something, right? So it'll, like, there's one that will attack um, as soon as it, as it takes damage. There's one that will shuffle a copy. Uh, survives damage, I should say. So it, if it needs to live through the damage um, to trigger. So, like, there's a, there's a hunter one drop that will shuffle a copy of itself in, with, with a buff into your deck after it takes damage. So you theoretically, if you're careful about it, can keep, like, cycling those. Um, I, I think, I mean, I, I like spell, Spellburst was one of the better mechanics that we've gotten in a long time. And this is like the minion combat version of Spellburst. So I'm, I'm here for it. I, I think that that's a great addition to the game. Um, I like what they're doing with, with Frenzy. Um, I, I like these kinds of, you know, can trigger once type of keywords also that get exhausted because there's a little bit more strategy in how you structure your turn to, um, in order to, to get them to go off. And then you don't get things like, um, you know, like Risky Skipper, Frothing Berserker, like those types of interactions, right? So, you know, it, it, there's a little bit of extra strategy and it does kind of reward the minion combat piece of it. So I do like that a lot. I'm interested to see what they're doing with that. And they're also including ranked spells. So these are spells that are going to increase in power as you gain mana crystals. So it's going to, the example that they gave is Chain Lightning. So Chain Lightning does... Two, I forget what the mana cost is on it, but it does two damage to a minion and to a random adjacent minion. And then at five mana crystals, it upgrades to rank two, which is three damage to each. And then at 10 mana crystals, it ranks up to um, four damage to each. And and they've, they, this is, you know, they've done a few types of iterations of these, like Corrupted is kind of a, kind of a version of this too. Um, but this is something that will just, as the game goes on, naturally improve. You can go all the way back to like the Omega cards from Boomstay. Uh, but these aren't Omega cards, right? Because, like, the Omega cards were, like, you would never want to play them at less than 10 mana. 
I mean, you could, but it, you really wouldn't. Like Omega Devastator, for example. I know that wasn't Boomstag, but but oh, like Omega Devastator was like, well, you can get a four or five for four. You could get a Yeti for four or a 10 mana. You can do 10 damage to something, right? Like why would you ever, right? And, and sometimes you did, like you needed to tempo that out. But in general, those were 10 mana cards that just didn't cost you 10 mana. These are actually going to be useful throughout the game. Like I think that you'll get, it, it's going to scale with the power level that you would expect at that point in the game, which I think is good. Like they've, they've had a couple of attempts at doing this. Um, and I think that this is a this is an interesting way to go about it. I, the way I look at them is they're a little bit more like spellstones from Cobalt's and Catacombs, but not broken like the spellstones were. Like all of the spellstones were fairly, aside from like the the shaman one, were fairly straightforward to to trigger, and you could generally get them to trigger pretty early. So like a, the Druid spellstone could do six damage to a minion, right? And and that was like or like the the war the warlock spellstone was very often going to do seven damage with lifesteal and these don't seem quite that quite as easy to get there like if you're draw if you're topped basically the idea of is, is if you're top decking it late it should be useful which the spellstones also weren't because then sometimes you'd used up everything that you would have needed to um in order to improve them the same thing with corrupt like corrupt can actually be kind of difficult um, if you've used up your hand. And this will just kind of naturally improve. So I, I do like the idea of that. We'll have to see what they look like when we get them. Um, but I, I do like the idea of trying to make cards that feel like they have value throughout the game. And not just early game and not just late game. Like I think that they've done this with... they've tr The attempts that they've done have either been all early game or all late game. And I think this is kind of a decent... A halfway measure. We'll just kind of have to see how it how it uh, pans out. So the other major change that they're enacting with this expansion is that spells are getting schools, which you can think of like um, like tribes for minions. So like how Murloc Warleader has Murloc, and um, you know like like Ysera has Dragon. So these will have schools that are associated with them, like Holy and Nature and Fell. And, and stuff like that. And there are going to be cards that are going to trigger off those tags. Um, so one of the examples that we got is a, uh, a Shaman Legendary who has plus three nature spell damage. Um, there is still some generic spell damage, but it looks like this is, that's on the way out is what I gathered from, from the, the, the deep dive and from the Q and A. Uh, I think more the deep dive. Uh, session that that spell damage generically is is going to be much more maybe class specific maybe just less common in general and um, and and this is going to be more the way that they're going to implement spell damage and, and I like this a lot actually because it, it kind of gives them a little bit more control over how some of these spell damage things trigger and and kind of protects from like OTK type things a little bit more like you can still probably do it but like whenever we would get like a new spell that went face for shaman it would be like okay well how can we make this work with Malagos it never worked but we would try right and now it's going to they're, they're, they can introduce spells that go face but kind of distribute them and then have this the nature spell damage or whatever 
to allow you to get some extra value out of it, or or maybe the you know they have more of that spell damage in the in the schools that don't go face as much, uh, but they don't necessarily get to a point where you're getting to a critical mass where you can just like throw a whole bunch of stuff at face and be done with it, like the old freeze mage thing, or even like spell damage mage that we have in standard right now, and 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 I think that's kind of um, that that's kind of a theme that is good like it's good that they're they're thinking about this and, and kind of figuring out how they can use something like spell damage without letting it be a um you know like a, a design space issue like Maligos has been a design space issue for the entirety of the lifetime of the game and because of that spell damage plus five like they can't print cheap burn spells that go face right because then you you get enough of those and you get like one kind of discount all of a sudden it, it that's what you're going to see right so this might what this means is that they might be a little bit more willing to print spells that go face um if we have the limits on spell damage the same way that they were willing to print more minions with rush when they were able to get that instead of charge right like this is the this is the equivalent of charge versus rush for spells and, and it's kind of it's a long time coming and it, it seems like it's a it's a good thing and, and interestingly like all of the spells that are um i believe across the game i know all the spells that are in standard i believe it's going to be across the entire game are going to get um thrown into into these schools like i they showed a a screenshot with a copy of apotheosis that had a holy tag on the bottom so um, I'm, I'm interested to see what that does and how that kind of opens up the design space for them to be able to take some more risks with some of these cards, some of these these spell trigger effects or spell damage effects, knowing that there's kind of a safety valve of it not being across all of the spells, right? And then that could also limit some of, that could limit some of the pool on the random generation too, right? Like if you're if you're saying like you know. Um, you don't have to necessarily limit them to class spells anymore. You could be limiting that generation to um, to schools. So, like, right now, we have, like, Sethic Veilweaver, which gives you a pre-spell. Or, um, you know, like, Ethereal Lackey, which just discover a spell, which is always going to be for your class. So, this could open up Discover from other classes. If you're saying, like, um, you know, Nature Spell, right? Well, that could be, that could be Chain Lightning, or that could be Deadly Poison, which is apparently a Nature Spell. Right, so you can open up some of that discover on spells across classes with this new um, keyword, and still have it be limited to a smaller pool and not be the entire like spell pool that's available in Hearthstone. So, so I think this is a this is kind of a big change that is pretty substantial. We'll have to see how they start taking advantage of it um, in the expansion and presumably in some of the new core cards they're going to print. So speaking of core, we got a better idea. We're still not going to have the full the full set yet, and we're we're expecting to get that in middle to late next week. Um, and I'm planning to do a longer episode with Ridiculous Hat on a deep dive into the core set and what it means as far as what post rotation is likely to look like. That's um, not going to be a set review, but you know Hat and I can talk. So it'll be a longer episode, so you'll want to buckle up for that one. Um, but in the meantime, like, they've given us a glimpse into what they're doing 
with the core set. So there have been some reworks. They're generally trying to get rid of like the low power filler cards across the board and give the, the classes kind of a more standard power level um, toolkit, which is really good, right? Like that's what we talked about last week when we were talking about the core set. So like Assassinate costs four now. Like Assassinate was never played and now at four mana, it probably won't, it probably still won't see a ton of play, but it's an option, right? Like it's something that you could consider at least, whereas at five mana, there's so many things that, that do a better job of it that you, you generally wouldn't want to, um, you wouldn't want to run Assassinate. Um, they've they've given Shaman a, a pretty substantial rework on the level of the Priest rework. Um, basically, a lot of it is is removing a lot of the overload tax on some of the cards that really shouldn't have had them. Um, so Feral Spirit is down to overload one. Um, Earth Elemental is overload two. Um, Lightning Storm is going to be three damage, with still with overload two, but three damage, not two to three. Which is, I mean, that's a huge thing, right? Like, the, how many games, if you play, whenever you played as a control shaman, where you lost to, like, a low roll on, on a lightning storm, you needed to get spell damage in order to, um, in order to be able to, to get the lightning storm to happen. And the other thing that's interesting is that they're actually going so far as to replace one of the totems in the hero power for shaman. So they're taking out the spell damage totem, and they're replacing it with Strength Totem, which is um, which is going to be a 0-2 that gives another friendly minion plus one attack. So you're going to have fewer games where you're rolling for spell damage. And also fewer things that are just inherently more powerful or, or needed to be dialed down even further with spell damage triggers because... Um, just because Shaman had like a 25% chance to roll spell damage. Like Arcane Watcher, for example, is like, I forget which set it's in, it's standard legal now, which is like a three mana five, six that can attack if you get spell damage. I mean, it doesn't see play in Shaman, but there were, there were times when it was tried um, because again, you have a 25% chance to roll it, right? So they're, they're, they're replacing that with just the strength totem, which is still, it's not nothing, right? Like if you get more than one totem on the board, it's kind of a payoff for that. Um, but, but what that means, what that means is that you don't necessarily need to, you're, you're not, you're gonna have a lot less variance in that regard, right? Like the spell damage was easily like either the worst or the best, depending on what, what scenario you were in. And now it's just going to kind of smooth that out a little bit more. So the totems are all kind of at, at around the same power level, you know, give or take, which again, you know, is, is good that they're, they're thinking this way. Right, like that, they're even willing to go into the hero power. I, I, I do wonder. I can't imagine that they're going to touch the warlock hero power, but I know that they've talked about that a lot. Um, so I do wonder if that's something that they're thinking about doing. But they, I, this is just pure speculation from my from my end at this point. There's, they, there's nothing that they said that you know would would imply that that's actually a thing that's happening. Um, but you know, it just kind of makes me wonder what else is off limits or is that something that would be on the table for future years if we're not willing to go that far this year, right? Like to, to kind of tone down the war, the warlock power, hero power in order to, to be able to do some other things. It's, it's, it's worth the thought, but, um, you know, it, it's clear that they're, they're really looking for a full overhaul with the core set and even the cards that are coming back may not be the cards that we've been playing with, which is cool. 
it's like the more change that we can get and the more that we're taking stuff out and and giving us new tools to play with, like the more interesting it's going to be um, for constructed, at least in the beginning. Like this, this is probably going to be like the most wide open, um, you know, beginning of a constructed year that we've had in a long time. So that, that redesign philosophy is actually apparently touching a lot of the, you know, kind of the, the iconic cards of the classic set too, like the legendary dragons, for instance, like Ysera is a card that hasn't get played in a long time. And so what they're doing is they're changing it to giving you one dream card at, at the end of the turn to giving you copies of all of the dream cards as a battle cry. And what that means is that they're actually reworking most of the dream cards in addition to Sarah. Like, dream itself, um, the zero mana card, can't send your own minions back to your hand because that would just be silly. Like, if you could just bounce Sarah every turn and then just get those, right? Um, the Laughing Sister, the 3-5, is now a two mana instead of three mana. Um, the 7-6 the Dragon is exactly the same. Ysera Awakens, I believe, costs three now instead of two. Um, so, like, that's... And, oh, and Nightmare, I forget what they're doing with Nightmare, but they made a change to that also. It might just be plus four, plus four um, instead of plus five, plus five. But, like, the, the, the fact that they're going, like, that deep into them is, is pretty interesting. And not just saying, well, the dream cards are what they are, right? Like, they, they're... they're giving themselves a license to change everything and it also means that they're updating the art on those too which is cool because like I you know a lot of people don't know this and I feel like I've talked about this a couple times before but um, like the art that's a lot of the art that's in classic and again remember that when Hearthstone was first being made like they didn't think it was it was going to be much more than like a you know like a little side project right so like it was like a minimum viable product then and so like a lot of the art that's on the cards is repurposed from the old World of Warcraft trading card game, the physical trading card game. And like like Jaina, like Jaina's hero portrait is from a card in the the WoW TCG. And so like this that art is is older than the game is. And and even like 8 years is a long time. And the art style for Hearthstone has definitely evolved into something else that the classic cards really just don't represent very well um and so like them being able to just update the art on the cards is a pretty cool thing too um and but it's it's making it's making it feel like the cards that are there like there are still going to be bad cards but there shouldn't be like unplayable cards right like like goldshire footman is a card that they said is going away it's like well why bother right um Anoyotron and Tomb Pillager are coming back. Anoyotron is probably not nearly as powerful as it was. Um, it's certainly not as powerful as it was when you were getting two of them for free off of Giggling Inventor. But, like, a 1-mana one 1-2 one Divine Shield, or 2-mana one 1-2 Divine Shield taunt isn't as, um, you know, as, as powerful as it probably was back then, at least at the power level that the game has now. Um, but it also... Like, it's a good thing to just kind of have as a neutral tool, right? Like, it's a neutral defensive tool. Like, I could see throwing Anoyotrons into some decks, right? Like, if you need, like, cheap, um, you know, cheap things that will protect your face, or, like, with Rally, right? Like, that's a two-drop that you might not mind resurrecting, maybe more in Paladin than Priest, because you probably have better targets for it in Priest. 
but I would imagine Ludwig's going away, but Rally's still going to be here. And so maybe that's the two drop that you're resurrecting in, in Paladin now with Rally, right? Um, Tomb Pillager is also, if you don't remember, that was a card that was a four mana, five, four, and when it dies, it gives you a coin. So I take that as a very strong signal that Gadgetan Auctioneer is going away because the main reason that you played Tomb Pillager was to be able to cycle with Gadgetan Auctioneer uh, back when Miracle Rogue, you know, was in its heyday. Maybe not its heyday, but, you know, when it has its resurgence. And, like, you, you, you're, you're not... I can't imagine they want that to be a, a pattern that's in the that's in the game. Like, Gadgetan's dodged a couple of Hall of Fame rotations. I would imagine this would be the, exa the, the expansion where they would just kind of put it out to pasture and maybe have a different way that you could do something cool like that without it just being broken the way that it is, right? So, and, and I think that it's, it sounds like this is going to be a really, a really healthy thing for the game, right? Like having, it could get a little problematic if we have that many viable cards in standard all at once, but like having more tools early in the expansion cycle means that like we're going to effectively be going into like a five set meta it sounds like right like if like typically the four set metas are pretty low power because you lose three sets and then you have three expansions plus whatever cards are viable from classic and basic to play with and now it sounds like they're effectively adding an expansion's worth of cards into classic by by doing this rework so it feels like we're going to go, we're going to skip the four set meta and go right into the five set meta. Now, it's going to be interesting as we get into later sets to see how well it's balanced because typically when we get to six sets worth of cards and if we're doing that, if we're, if we're going to be at, at five set meta in terms of viable cards at set, at, with a four set meta, then we'll be like where we are now with five sets in standard. So that could be a little bit dicey, but I think that being able to address like all of these power levels across classic and not have to design around them will, will kind of help though. They may have to touch a bunch of stuff that was released last year with the classic set as it is now in order to address that. But it, it feels like this is really going to be a positive thing for the game. And by the way, that they will probably be a lot more willing to touch them because there are no dust refunds, right? So if they miss on something, not that they haven't been willing to pull the nerf trigger like real fast in this meta, um, in, in the past year really, but especially now, right? Like, I think that will mean that you'll be able to, um, they'll be able to make more changes. I think it's also going to make it a little bit easier if you're a competitive player to start out trying to grind on another server because you're going to have so many more cards to work with to start with. Like I've tried to grind on Asia and it's pretty, it's pretty brutal trying to start from nothing just because you don't have a good card base to start from. You just kind of have the basic cards and whatever you have to open in a couple of packs. So like, even if you're starting from nothing, you should still be able to build like something out of this set and, and like whatever expansion cards you kind of collect along the way. And, and it should make, you know, climbing on multiple servers a little bit easier if that's something that you're interested in doing from a competitive standpoint. So, um, one other thing that kind of snuck in in the, in the patch notes that accompanied the patch that was um, enabling the, the store in the pre-order is that we got a nerf to Allura 
um, to to High Apicelora, which is bringing her up from four mana to five mana. So clearly, as a result of Ramp Paladin, um, they decided to make that change. I'm surprised that they made that change without touching Weapon Rogue, because Weapon Rogue felt like it was the bigger problem than Ramp Paladin, and now it certainly is. Um, but it seems like this is more with their philosophy lately of just kind of making like a couple of changes one at a time and seeing what, seeing how they pan out rather than trying to predict what the meta is going to be like after the fact. So just be aware of that. I mean, you're going to see it. It's going to pop up. And, and, you know, if you're, as usual, if you're thinking about, should I dust her? The answer is yes, because you can always get the dust back, right? Um, but I, I would say that this would probably, um, this is probably going to make ramp paladin a much harder sell. Like, not that you needed Allura to go off, but it made it a lot easier. And, like, this is very equivalent to, like, in Wild when they move Barnes from 4 to 5 for Big Priest. Uh, it's it's just, like, that extra turn makes it less value when you're when you're cheating out the tip of the scales. So, then the, and Ramp Paladin might just change the way that it's built, right? Like, the, the idea of it is not bad. It's just that that's so much deck thinning that it made it much easier to hit everything else when you're playing Allura, and they made it easier for you to hit the tip of the scales on eight, but now that might mean that you're willing to put in a couple more spells um, and not just rely on, you know, tip the scales being the only thing they pull out. Maybe it still gets run, I don't know. Librum Paladin seems to be the better Paladin, and, and kind of was before the nerf anyway. Um, but just be aware of that, and that'll probably you. I would expect you're probably going to see more rogues as a result because that's that's like the, the broken class left. Um, but yeah, Liberum Paladin was kind of the better Paladin anyway, so you might want to look at that if you were if you were trying to grind with Paladin and um, Ram Paladin just got got pulled away from you. So the last thing that they mentioned, and I'm just going to touch on this because, and, and this is less about like what it actually is and more about expectation management. So they announced this new mode called Mercenaries that is coming that they, I, I'm not even going to really try to describe it. You can go back and watch the VOD or you can read the announcements or whatever. Um, I, I'm assuming that you've at least gotten a whiff of it um, if you're listening to this. And But I mean, it's very, it, 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 it's, they had no gameplay. They had no screenshots other than some concept artwork. And it's supposedly coming later this year. Um, Probably it says phase one. I wouldn't be surprised if it slips because if phase one would be before the second set comes out, which would mean July at the latest, and or probably June at the latest because June would be when they're announcing the next set. And and if they don't even have screenshots four months ahead, I'm I'm kind of dubious that they're going to have anything out. I'd love it if they did, but I'm 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 keeping my expectations in check. But so they described it as like a you know a tactical RPG with progression and leveling up and collecting characters and, and progressing through a map. And it's not, and it's a roguelike, but it's not like dungeon run. And, and there were a lot of people who said, well, this sounds like Slay the Spire, but it doesn't, but then it's not Slay the Spire. So long story short, they talked a fair amount about it, but they didn't, they weren't really able to show anything and they weren't able to really explain what it was other than the fact that it's coming. And I, I, if I were you, and this is how I'm approaching it, um, I would basically just take it as like, that's good information. It's good to know that they're working on another big thing. Like clearly this is a big, a big enough deal that they want to announce it at BlizzCon, even if, even if they have nothing to show for it, which I mean is even 
like this is even beyond like Diablo four levels of you know like this will it'll be ready when it's ready, right? But Diablo four they had a demo and they didn't want to release until they had a demo, right? Um, they don't even have a demo. They don't have uh, you know screenshots anything. Um, I would just put it out of your mind until they have something to show. It's it's the way that I would approach it, just because this is very. Whenever you get something like this, it's very easy to interpret it as exactly what you would want it to be. And it's, whatever it is, we don't know what it's going to be, but whatever it is, is probably not going to be the same thing that you're seeing in your head, right? Just, it, it's just unlikely. Like, the odds are just very low. So, the way that you cannot be disappointed by this is by forgetting that it exists until they have something more concrete to show us. I'm glad that they're working on something new. I'm glad that it sounds like it's big and it's a big deviation from like what we've done before. Um, it, it sounds like Battlegrounds level big, possibly bigger than Battlegrounds in terms of a deviation, but I, I don't know what it is. And so I don't really have an opinion on it other than the fact that I'm glad that they're doing something and I'm very looking forward to do, to whatever it is when they decide to show it to us, but there's not really any reason to like think about it anymore until they have that just because we don't know how long it's going to be and we don't know what it's going to be and you know if we get too excited about what um you know what it is then you know it's it's very likely to be a disappointment when we get it that's all i'm saying um but it's you know it's good and we're gonna we also heard we're gonna get cold wars in in battlegrounds which will probably be like it sounds like it's going to be like the middle of the next expansion uh, which is fine. Um, I'm not. I'm not a huge. I mean, I play Battlegrounds casually. I don't really try hard for it. And but I know some people who are really excited about it. There really wasn't a lot of Battlegrounds news, but because this was much more about constructed. Like Battlegrounds has been a big focus of the past year, and you know Battlegrounds is still important. But I think that it's interesting to see what they're doing with constructed, and and I mean that's what you're here for. So, um, but I mean ultimately, like this was probably the biggest announcement at BlizzCon by far was what they're doing with Hearthstone. Like, they spent the most time on it. They spent almost as much time on Hearthstone as they did on World of Warcraft. And World of Warcraft is basically like uh, a mid a mid expansion content update and, um, you know, Burning Crusade remastered. And they, they teased Diablo 2 remastered, which I am, oh, by the way, you have no idea how excited I am for that. Uh, like, so excited. Um, like, Dia like, a lot, of, you may know this, but Diablo was the game that brought me into Blizzard much more so than Warcraft. And I've spent hundreds of hours on all of the Diablo games. Like Diablo was like the first, one of the first games I got for my Pentium computer back in 97 that my parents got me to take off to college. And it was just like, I, I have a love for that franchise on the level of like how much I love Hearthstone. So I'm extremely excited for Diablo to remaster especially to keep us going until Diablo 4 comes out, which also looks amazing. Um, but, like, Hearthstone was what they spent the most time on, like, easily. And so I think that, that, bear, that bodes well for the game. And I think it bodes well for the, that the team is looking to not be tied to Sacred Cows, right? Like, that they're willing to change almost everything um, to keep things fresh and make a more fun game. And I think that that's this kind of addresses a lot of the issues that we've been starting to feel, especially as someone like, like me and possibly like you, who's been playing this game for, you know, six, seven years, right? 
it's it's kind of it's it's time right it's time for a big change like this and i'm glad that they finally did it um to kind of unshackle themselves from the design mistakes of the past and i'm really looking forward to what next year has has in store all right so that's it um for me for this week as always you can find uh links to the announcements and everything at offcurve.com you can, if you want to follow the show's account on Twitter, that's at OffCurve on Twitter. If you want to follow me on Twitter, that's I'm at WickedGood. If you want to see me streaming, I'm streaming on Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern and Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern. Again, that, that schedule may be changing soon, but I will, um, I will let you know when that happens. And um, you can also join a lovely group of people who will be um, discussing... Um, everything that get, gets revealed and all of, all of the stuff, the implications of everything um, at discord.offcurve.com. I will very likely not be discussing any of the cards from Forge from the Barons up until the card review that I'll be doing with Mad at Arms. Um, the weekend of the 20th, it looks like. It looks like if we do it the same way that we did, um, that we did for Darkmoon Fair, that we'll probably be just doing two halves of it on the Saturday and the Sunday. Um, so, you know, pencil in, pencil that into your calendar. I will have more exact times, um, you know, when it gets a little bit closer. And, um, but yeah, it's exciting. It's an exciting time to be a Hearthstone player. And, um, you know, I'm looking forward to what the next, next year has to, uh, to explore with, with you all. So, um, yeah, so that's it. Um, you know, be good to each other and, uh, we'll talk soon. Have a good one.